This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up, what's up? Real MVPs, Ricky Widmer here, along with the Mark Weber. Dub them ease. And we are back here on the Onside Kick here on Most Valuable Podcast. Your, I can say it again, Mark, professional football yeah, podcast. Not just the NFL, because we'll see how long this second league sticks around. Because um, when we talked about the AAF, or the Alliance, yeah. um, it didn't really last that long. It lasted longer than it initially was supposed to. It, <laughs> it was lasted apparent- longer than we thought. Yeah, well, I mean... It lasted that they almost failed in week two yeah. and didn't fail until, I think, like week seven. Yeah, and got emergency money. So, hey, it, was, it was also progress. funny because we had Z on the fast break. Mm-hmm. He was talking about like how bad Arizona franchises has been. And he's like, great, the hot shots were actually good in the league folks. Well, they shouldn't be good. That's <laughs> the problem. But we are talking today NFL and XFL. That's why I bring up the professional football and just not NFL. Going to be diving in. Our first one, Mark sent me the email after I sent the topics of like, oh, the 2020 draft already. Um, As we are going to talk about who will be the number one overall pick way too early, but we're still going to talk about it. Then we're going to look at NFL teams, which teams are under the most pressure this upcoming season. And then the XFL, will this new XFL be a success or will it be a failure? But before we jump into everything, make sure to check out patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast. That is how you can help us do what we do each and every day, each and every week for you guys. But also in 2019, our biggest crowdfunding goal is going to be getting a new studio. We're in a little tiny box of a room and we want to have more space to do better things for you guys have more accessible stuff, and we do that through patreon.com backslash Podcast. You can be bronze, silver, or gold level tiers and be rewarded for helping us reach our goals to make the product better for you guys, the watchers, the viewers, and the listeners on podcast services around the world. But, Mark, let's dive in. The 2020 draft, we, we haven't even been able to say goodbye properly to the 2019 draft, and we're already diving into the 2020 draft. And the reason why I wanted to bring this up today is Todd McShay did his way-too-early mock draft where he took pro, I think it's pro football insider, Mm -hmm. um, their projected ranking of how the teams will lay out. He did that draft. Then there was also a segment on get up this either this morning or yesterday morning where they talked about should teams tank for Tua Tonga Viola because he's presumed to be the number one overall pick. And it got me thinking. I'm like, you know what? I should do one as well. I am in the process of it. It is called the way, way too early because this is way too early in front of the way too early to be thinking about this draft. It is very early. But the thing I want to ask you is who's going to be the number one pick because to me there's two sides right now. There's number one which is will Tua even be the number one ranked quarterback when we get done with the college season, when we get to next April? And number two, will the team at number one even need a quarterback? Because right now the projection is the Miami Dolphins, and they probably or maybe traded for their franchise quarterback in Josh Rosen this April. The hard thing with a... Way too early mock draft really is the fact that 
you think about the players that you're going to know mm-hmm. who um, are going to be those kind of game-changing players, uh, a quarterback, a wide receiver. <laughs> Bless you. Thank you. Um, those players are going to be quarterbacks. They're going to be mm-hmm. wide receivers. They're going to be running backs, maybe. Yeah. You know, I'm just thinking the players that you know about or a pass rusher, uh, those are those big standout guys who make highlight reels, mm-hmm. and that's why you know about them. Mm-hmm. That doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be that best player who really should be drafted at number one overall. Um, so, although oftentimes young quarterbacks do go take or do get taken number one overall, mm-hmm. but I just look at that and I and I see all these things because you're right. You see Tua going all the time in in these uh, in these way way too early mock drafts just because of the fact that. Well, we know who Tua is. We think he's a good quarterback, and we're assuming that he'll have a good year next year too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as I always like to say, look at Matt Barkley as an example. Just because you were the number one prospect one year does not mean you're going to be number one or even taken in the first round uh, the next year. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be tough, but um, when you really look at who are going to be those top teams, and I know this is a point that you want to bring up too, I don't know that they really want to draft quarterbacks. Well, and I was waiting to see which one you wanted to dive into first. We'll dive into that one. We're in my way too early. I will be honest. I will spoil it. Two is not the number one overall pick um, for mine. I am finishing it up, so you'll have to follow me on Twitter at Ricky Widmer. I'm going to tweet out when that is on mostvaluablepodcast.com. It'll probably be the next week or so that I get that done. But I'll be honest, two is not... My number one, because I look at it and the Dolphins, well, if Josh Rosen plays well, they're not going to draft a quarterback. Now, obviously, if two is really good, a team will probably trade up with the Dolphins to get him at number one. But we're going to ignore that. Yeah, ignoring trades, the Dolphins will probably not need a quarterback. The Cardinals, they just drafted Kyler Murray. Are they going to go back to the—are they going to do the Brownsy move and go back to the well the next year? I don't think so. The Broncos, yeah, Drew Locke was a second-round pick, but he's a guy that I was listening to Peter King on Pro Football Talk, and he was talking about Denver. And when they tra- he said when they traded back from 10, because he talked to John Elway after the first round, when they traded back from 10, they were ready to take Devin Bush. Apparently, they didn't take Devin Bush because they didn't feel he was the perfect fit for Vic Fangio's defensive system. That's why they traded back, even though the Steelers took mm-hmm. Devin Bush and got Noah Fant later. And then the second round, after they took Dalton Reisner, I think it was Dalton Reisner, um, that next pick, they were like, well, Drew Locke is still there. Yeah. Let's trade up and get, like, this is a guy that we would have taken at 10, and we're going to get him in the second round, and I believe, what was it, 41? I don't they think they would have taken him at 10. Well, like, he was a guy that on many mm-hmm. boards, even on their boards, would have been like, hey, he's in the discussion here at 10, and we're going to get him at 41. It's the quarterback you really like at a value that is like it's a no-brainer to get him here. So they're a team that I don't think goes back to the quarterback well. Drew Haskins in Washington. Dwayne Dwayne Haskins. Mm -hmm. um, I I combined Locke and Haskins there. Dwayne Haskins, he ain't getting replaced after year one, if he even starts because you know there's Case Keenum out there, and there are some people that think he shouldn't start. So that means, to me, the first team that you could even say would think about Tua is the Oakland Raiders at five. I was going to say, I can only imagine two teams drafting a quarterback of teams who I expect to be Mm -hmm. at the bottom. 
Uh, that would be the Oakland Raiders. Mm-hmm. If they have another bad year, uh, they might say, you know what? Maybe Derek Carr is not the answer. Maybe we look somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Nobody in this organization has really any tie to uh, to Derek Carr. The other one's going to be Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. Bruce Arians comes in and says, I think I can work with Jameis. If he gets there and it doesn't work, he's going to say, I was wrong. Mm-hmm. I couldn't work with Jameis. Let me now get my quarterback. Throw the Bengals in there, too. I'll throw the Bengals. I'll throw the Bengals as a maybe. Because they, they don't really have any ties to yeah. Andy Dalton either. And Andy Dalton's contract year is next year. Not this year, 2019. Mm-hmm. 2020 will be his contract yeah. year. I can just see Andy Dalton getting a little bit more mm-hmm. and sticking around a little bit longer. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, I, I really don't think there's going to be too many. But, you know, we'll see with injuries. Maybe San Francisco, Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt again. Maybe. And they're going to say, you know what, it's time to do something else. Maybe one of these other quarterbacks is going to retire. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody gets hurt. Who knows what's going to happen. But um, I just, of the teams I expect to be towards the top of the draft, mm-hmm. in that top five kind of range, top ten range, I don't necessarily know that that many of them are going to want quarterbacks. The one I'm going to throw out there, because at first you said injury, and I was going to say the Carolina mm-hmm. Panthers, but Carolina did draft Will Greer later on. I'm not saying Will Greer yeah. is like a Drew Locke that could come in year But I also one. don't expect them to move on from Cam even if he gets hurt again. Yeah, that's something that is unique. And the thing I wanted to throw out, though, is what about the Lions? The Lions, smokescreen or not, mm-hmm. flirted with, I think it was a smokescreen because they didn't do it, but like the whole, we could take a quarterback. Yeah. Could they be a team? If they're in the top 10 again, do they look at, options but going younger rather than a Matthew Stafford who would still be under like mm-hmm. he has a potential out after 2020 but doesn't become a restrict unrestricted free agent until 2023. Yeah, I don't know about that only because Matthew Stafford without a doubt is the best part of that team. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's the best thing they have. Yeah. Um and he's he is, the face of that franchise. Yeah, and he's a really good quarterback. Uh the problem is they barely ever give him anything else to work with. Um, and then earlier in his career, the issue was injuries, and he's kind of gotten over that for the mm-hmm. most part. Um, so I don't expect them to really move on. But with a guy like Matt Patricia, if this is another bad year, he might sit there and pull kind of like a Mark Tressman and go, well, hold on a second, guys. It's not me. It's the quarterback. Mm-hmm. We got to get me a new quarterback. Give me yeah. one more year. Mm-hmm. You know, He might have a, a little bit of desperation kind of moment and try and pin the blame on somebody else. Bench Eli for Geno Smith type mm-hmm. of scenario. Yeah. Here's the other thing I want to bring up, though, and this was the other mm-hmm. pot of it with the whole Tua thing. Because the conversation I mentioned they had on first take was should teams tank for Tua Tonga Viola? And the whole point that was brought up was first off, they were like, Tua wasn't even the best quarterback last year. The best quarterback was. Dexter, not Dexter Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence, who was a year younger than Tua. He goes, and this is Greenberg, also said, when you look at the games where Tua threw interceptions, mm-hmm. those were NFL-level defenses. Like the first interception he threw, LSU, they had guys in that backfield yeah. that are like Greedy Williams, who's now in the NFL, who we had as a top-10 prospect. Who's going to be a starter probably day one. Probably for the Cleveland Browns, but I mean— you look at the quarterbacks coming into this year, and for me, 
right now what I put to as my number one. You're absolutely right. He's a guy that's thrown 43 touchdowns, six interceptions last year, and had 11.2 yards per throw. But at the same time, it's Alabama, and Alabama is usually really good at college football. Then there's like the other court, like Justin Herbert, I think, is a guy that competes with him at the top where Herbert could have came out this year, came back for um, one more year at Oregon. He's going to play with his brother, who um, is a freshman tight end for the Oregon Ducks. He's one that watching his film reminded me a lot of Cam Newton with how he throws, how he runs with his body, the way he scrambles, reminded me of Cam Newton and how he ran at um, Auburn, but also um, at with the Carolina Panthers. Then Jake Fromm and Jake Eason, or Jake Up Eason, two of the, one's an ex-Georgia guy, one's mm-hmm. a current Georgia guy. Jake Fromm has kind of fallen from grace since he exploded onto the scene. Jacob Eason hasn't played in two years. Yeah. Hasn't thrown, yeah. has only thrown seven passes since 2016. So we'll see about that. And then for me, the ultimate wild card. He's no longer at Alabama. He's now in Oklahoma sooner, gets to work with Lincoln Riley, and he's going to have a nice receiving core at Oklahoma, Jalen Hurts. Yeah. So the quarterback thing is not a sure thing. And people, you know, surprise everybody and, and just kind of explode onto the mm-hmm. uh, on the playing field as well. And sometimes you have guys that were really good one year and then they just kind of fall off. Uh, you also have the NFL's other obsession, as we like to talk about quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. It's the pass rush, a defensive end. Uh, you know, we just saw a guy in Joey Bosa go number two overall, but the guy who kind of replaced him early because he had to because Bosa was like, peace out, uh, mm-hmm. with Chase Young is kind of one of the other. I mean, he's probably the most popular defensive end to be talked about mm-hmm. uh, in all of these kind of early looks. So you're going to have a guy like that who, once again, Ohio State. It's a defense that always produces good pass rushers. The NFL likes to, you know, go out and get these Ohio State players. There's going to be one of those probably ready for the draft uh, as well after this year. The other thing I want to throw out there, too, because Chase Young's a guy I actually have very high on my board Mm -hmm. way, way, way early on. And that's just because I feel like if the teams end up like pro football outsider has them, the Dolphins, for example, at one, would rather go with a Chase Young than a Tua. Let me get that yeah. pass rusher to get after Tom Brady rather than another quarterback when I have Josh Rosen. And, of course, hindsight, we're not there yet. we got to see how Josh Rosen plays in Miami, which, to me, better roster than Arizona offensively. I know that David Johnson, like, they win the running back because David Johnson's better than what Miami has, but... I'll say the wide receivers are better. I mean, Larry Fitzgerald, yeah, I had him high in my fantasy rankings last year, and Sean likes to give me shit for that. Um, but, like, Christian Kirk was injured. Larry Fitzgerald was good, but he can't be the only one. Um, and Devonta Parker was good with Jay Cutler before Jay Cutler was like, Audi, I'm out of here. I'm not going to play um, for the Dolphins anymore. And just to look at, like, last year's way too early, Todd McShay and his – had Ed Oliver's the number one pick. Did he end up being the number one pick? Definitely not. not. You and I were actually the closest. You closer than I because I was an asshole and called him by his uh, brother's name at the there time. You go. Both of us had Nick Bosa as the number one pick, 
in the way too early. Um, yeah. And if you look at it, I mean, I don't mean to pat ourselves on the back, but you look at our way too early that we did last year, Bosa was a top 10 pick. Ed Oliver, first-round pick. Mm-hmm. Jonah Williams, first-round pick. Greedy Williams should have been a first-round pick. Um, Clellan Farrell, Rashawn Gary, um, Dexter Lawrence, all these guys, really high picks. Um, the only ones that were off were Trey Adams, because he came back to Washington this year, and then Greg Little fell out of the first round, and then I had Debo Samuel, who was not in the first round either. Um, besides that, you and I hit guys that were going to be in the first round, ended up being yeah. there. Um, maybe not exactly top 10, but they were in that first round. But going back to what you were saying with the pass rush, if I had to put my money on it right now, unless there's a huge trade, I think Chase Young's the number one pick next yeah. year. Or, I mean, if it is you know Miami and Josh Rosen's just absolutely mm-hmm. terrible, uh, there are things that can happen with it. But as things stand right now... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think he's the kind of obvious pick because of the fact that NFL loves pass rush, the first overall pick. You know, it's something that you kind of look for quarterbacks, pass rushers. Mm-hmm. Those are typically two of the uh, top positions you're going to go for, uh, occasionally offensive linemen. But you have a really good one. You have one that has performed really well. He's the right size that you want for an NFL pass rusher. Uh, plays in a good conference on a good team you're gonna like what you see and if quarterbacks are not a high desperate need we're like oh there's five teams that need quarterbacks guess everyone's gonna take one Mm -hmm. then yeah you gotta go with the pass rush what do you think quarterback wise Mm -hmm. is there anyone that could because right now on everyone's board two is just naturally up there could any of the guys listed in the top five herbert from eason jalen hurts compete with tua because to me, I threw a tweet out, and part of me was joking, part of me wasn't. It was kind of one of those like, hey, if you don't like it, I'm joking. If you like it, dude, I totally wasn't joking. Yeah. But I threw out, like, you look at Jalen Hurts, and he was a really good, I'm going to say really good quarterback at Alabama. Now he's at Oklahoma, where the last two players, quarterbacks that came out of Oklahoma, first-round picks in the NFL draft. And I threw out, like, what if he was the number one pick? Like, that'd be crazy. Oklahoma having back-to-back-to-back number one overalls. And Sean replied to it in natural fashion, said that if Jalen Hurts is the number one pick, he will move out of the country. So right there, I think Jalen Hurts will then be the number one pick. Because whenever Sean bets something, it's usually wrong. But do any of these guys have a chance or will dethrone Tua in this draft season, looking yeah. at it way too I'm early I'm going to pick anybody who's going to be Justin Herbert. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I he's got a lot of the same skills. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got a really high upside. Um, so there's things that you that you kind of look for and things that you like. And if he had gone in this draft, mm-hmm. there's a good chance Would've he was top five. Yeah, there's a good chance he was a top five, uh, probably second quarterback off the board. Mm-hmm. Um, well, maybe not because of the great Daniel Jones. But hey, maybe New York falls in love with Justin Herbert and Daniel Jones never wears a giant jersey. No, couldn't be. <laughs> couldn't be. But he wasn't coached by Eli. He wasn't coached by a Manning guy. So I just it's a Manning guy, Mark. I just look at it and I I have to think that this is a team. Uh, or I mean, this is a player who, depending on what he does mm-hmm. in this season, 
can really lift himself up. Because part of the thing with Tua, too, is he's got all the talent in the world around him. Mm-hmm. And well, it's a powerhouse factory. At exactly. So that's the part of the reason why I always say I am not going to ever trust an Alabama quarterback because mm-hmm. they could be terrible and they'll still look pretty good. Yeah. And I mean, the thing that also I'm kind of surprised you haven't thrown out there about Alabama quarterbacks is when they get to the NFL, how do they usually look? Not good. Not good because they don't yeah. have the talent around them like they did at Oklahoma. And I mean, especially the, if you're going to go number one overall. The point I really liked that was made in the get up segment mm-hmm. that I watched today was with Tua, not saying he's a bad quarterback. But when you look at it, he was like a gangbuster out of the front of the year, but he was playing Louisville, Arkansas State, Old Miss, Texas A&M was the first-ranked team he played. Didn't throw that first interception until I said LSU, but LSU was a ranked SEC team. Yep. Then another ranked SEC, well, top, uh, almost top 15, Mississippi State, made him throw an interception. But then in the... SEC championship game, he didn't look amazing against Georgia. I know they got the win 35-28, uh, but he only threw one touchdown, two INTs. And then that national championship game they lost, he obviously wasn't the best quarterback out there because Trevor Lawrence was the best quarterback out there for Clemson, and that's why Clemson rolled in that national championship game. I know that the thing I will say is that he did play better than Kyler Murray, in the Oklahoma game, but I feel like, yet again, Oklahoma's defense was nothing to write home about. So really that was Kyler versus Tua, mano mano Yeah, for sure. Clemson was, hey, both these defenses is pretty good, and Tua just didn't, yeah, he scored two touchdowns, but he didn't live up to snuff against that Clemson defense. So to kind of end this, not holding you to it, but if you had to pick right now, who would you predict to be the number one overall pick when we get to next pass rusher, Chase Young. Yeah, that's who I'm going to go with also. I mean, spoiling it for my article, but yeah, Chase Young. I just feel like the teams that will be at the top, overall across the board, all 32 NFL teams, there's just not a lot of teams right now that I could see needing a quarterback. Um, And it's going to be interesting to see. The Raiders will be an interesting team because they've got two picks. Um, Bears will probably be... Another like 32. 20s pick, yeah, 32, mm-hmm. um, 16 and 0. Um, but they'll also probably have a high pick because of their own, depending on what Antonio Brown and those additions bring to them this year. Muscle Hamster will be back because of uh, Isaiah Crowell. Love it. Um, tearing his Achilles, I think, is what he tore. Yeah, Achilles. Um, his Achilles, so he's out for the year, and the Muscle Hamster will be back for the Oakland Raiders, soon to be Las Vegas Raiders. That's what they're going to be. It, it looked weird on a mock draft seeing Las Vegas Raiders for the first time. Because yeah. that's what they'll be when they draft next year in Las Just Vegas. Just not right. Just not right. <laughs> well, this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you guys think down below in the comment section. Is Tua the clear number one pick? If not, who are you taking? Let us know down below. But, Mark, let's move on. The next topic we're looking at is teams that are under pressure. dun 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 Dun, 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 dun. But not to be confused with Vanilla Ice's Ice Ice Baby, because mm-hmm. apparently it's different. Though oh, that's the same. I was going to say, that's not what you were singing. I <laughs> no, thought, I thought you not. were singing uh, Vanilla Ice. No, I was doing Under Pressure. Um, but we are talking about the teams mm. that are under the most pressure in 2019. There's a few that I can think of 
Um, but I'm going to throw it to you to start. Before we do, actually, cool. if you have an Apple ID, if you have iTunes, because I know, I know you do, uh, make sure to go over uh-huh. to the podcast app and give the Onside Kick a five-star rating. It really helps us out, gets us into the years of more people, and it makes us feel all warm and fuzzy inside reading and seeing those positive reviews from you guys out there. And if you're watching on YouTube, I know you have an iTunes. Like, unless you're like Johnny, who's like anti-Apple and like all about the Android, uh-huh. most people I know have. Like, I've got my Apple here. Yeah. Mark's an Apple guy. I mean, really the only one that makes our group chats green is Johnny. Everyone else is blue. I'm an MVP. But for you, yes. who's the first team you want to mention that's I'm under go, the most pressure? Yeah, I'm going with the obvious one to start. It's mm-hmm. the Cleveland Browns. Really? The Cleveland Browns are such an obvious one because the entire world huh. has decided mm-hmm. that the Cleveland Browns are a good team. Yeah. I want to point out a team that went 7-8-1 and one last year. Mm-hmm. We have all decided is the favorite to win their division. Uh-huh. Not only that, but we've also all decided that, you know what? They're going to compete for a Super Bowl. Uh, we've already decided that this is a team that is absolutely amazing. It reeks of the Eagles' dream team. Uh, of I don't even remember what was that like 2012 or mm-hmm. something like that. Um, it just smells like this Eagles dream team that never came to be. Anytime a team just gets so hyped up, do you remember when the New York Giants bought themselves a defense in the off mm-hmm. season and then they were terrible? Browns are 16 to one in Vegas to win the Super Bowl. This is a team that is getting so much hype from mm-hmm. anyone willing to talk about them. And and I buy parts of it. I really, truly do b- believe that this is a team that should be 500 or better. Mm-hmm. But with all the hype they're getting, it's not going to be good enough. See, and here's the thing I feel like for Cleveland is if they are under pressure in 2019, mm-hmm. it's because they let the media get to them. Like right now they are media, media darlings. They sure are. Um, because... They've got the short quarterback who's an underdog and he's a fighter. He reminds he plays, us of Brett Favre. He plays with a chip on his shoulder and he he's the average guy almost. Like he fights just like me and he's got the determination that I want. You've got um, they get Odell Beckham Jr. this yeah. offseason, which kind of a diva. They had Landry before. Well, now they got Landry and OBJ, exactly. former LSU teammates coming together. Um, they got another guy who's going to play with a chip on his shoulder and Greedy Williams, who yep. was very angry that he fell so far. But very he's good playing defense. with a chip on his shoulder. Gonna, like, he even said, I got to look up exact thing. Like He even said a comment mm-hmm. about how I think he was the one that said that the Browns were going to win the Super Bowl, yeah. which forced everyone to go, well, Vegas has you at 16 to 1. So well, the other thing, let's too. Let's put the cart before the donkey. For ESPN or Lovsky, or, or Lovsky, Lovsky, I don't even mm-hmm. know, I don't care, uh, says that the Browns are going to be in the title hunt within five years. So he, he mm-hmm. pumps the brakes a little bit. But that's the thing about the Cleveland Browns right now. They're everybody's just, love. Everybody's just talking about how great they are and things like that. Mm-hmm. This is a team that technically had a losing Record last year, uh, seven, eight, and one. That tie really screws yep. them up for five hundred. Greedy Williams Browns are going to the Super Bowl. They had that. They have a brand new head coach uh, who doesn't really have any head coaching experience, which you know it's not his fault, but he mm-hmm. doesn't have it. They're going to have a brand new, uh, you know, brand new coordinators. So offense has to learn, learn new stuff. Defense has to learn new stuff. Mm-hmm. This is a team that 
is not going to perform probably as well as the world wants them mm-hmm. to. And there's enough issue potential issues in that locker room that I think that can really eat away at a team. I'll be completely honest. Like the thing I hated about the Greedy Williams comment mm-hmm. about like because he said exactly in a conference call to local reporters. I know one thing that the Browns are going to the Super Bowl this year. That's a fact. Number one, if you're gonna say that's a fact, you gotta throw Jack at the end. That's a fact, Jack. Number two, I hate that he said it because I don't have to give them the kiss of death. He already did. He basically this yeah. to me is what you brought up not even what a minute ago. Where this is Vince Young going, dude, the dream team. This is the dream team here in Philly, man. Yeah. Usually when someone proclaims something like this. Your team does not do well. It's like this year. back in the day of Madden when you used to be able to talk to your agent mm-hmm. and you would say, I'm, "I want to trade." No, no. You, well, you could do that, but you'd say, "I'm guaranteeing that we're going to win a Super Bowl." I don't know why you tell your agent that and have your agent <laughs> tell the world, but that's how it worked in Madden. Mm-hmm. And he would say, "Are you sure you want to do that?" Yeah, it's a big promise to make. You got to keep it. Um, so that's the big thing for a guy who. Mm-hmm. Just got drafted. You're a rookie. Yeah, which go ahead many and say teams overlooked him too. Many teams overlooked him. Yeah, because he went what in the second round. I just think for a, a brand new rookie to come in here, it's like calm yourself. Mm-hmm. Like just be a rookie. Like just come into the NFL. Let your play prove yourself. Um, no reason to come here and here talking right off the bat. I actually have a dual package for my first one, mm-hmm. and it's more of a question to. The real MVPs and yourself, Mark, and I'll kind of talk through my thought process. Who's under the most pressure between the Vikings and the Packers? Because I kind of wanted to mention like both of them, but I I didn't know who to throw out first. Because you look at the Vikings, they were a team that was so close to the playoffs last year. So close. Kirk Cousins didn't play up to snuff. The thing that bugged me, like really irked me, was is Kirk Cousins perfect last year? No, but watching it was especially the week 17 press conference and seeing in the live chat all the Viking fans just bashing Kirk Cousins after one single year because I was on the mindset of like, all right, it's one year. Next year, yeah. if it's like this, welcome, then we've got welcome to your fan base hating your quarterback, even though your quarterback is a good quarterback. Basically, um. And I feel like because of that alone, because of the Kirk Cousins and the contract and the fans, some of the fans, I'm not going to say all, but some of the fans hating him because we were we were expecting Kirk Cousins Super Bowl, which maybe we were the problem. Maybe the fans that thought that were like Greedy Williams. Like we were yeah. the problem. One quarterback doesn't mean you go to the Super Bowl. I said it. You guys still had issues. Um, but there's also a part of me that's like, are the Green Bay Packers more under pressure because their quarterback is older than ours, and you look at it, yes, they helped out the defense, but like I read an article today, their wide receivers still aren't. It's like Devonta Adams and then wide receivers. And yeah. I know I like G. But if you say that to a Packers fan, they're going to say, yeah, but Devonta Adams is amazing. Yeah, but like I look at it and I wonder, are the Packers under the most pressure because of Aaron Rodgers and his age? And also because of how Mike McCarthy was pushed out of town and now Matt LaFleur being in there. Yeah. To I, succeed with Rodgers right away because of all that drama. I do think that adds quite a bit of pressure for the you gotta come in here and you gotta be good. Mm-hmm. And it's also that thing we're gonna be looking at Aaron Rodgers saying, 
you know, was it really Mike McCarthy or, you know, are you partially to blame for the team's failures as well? Because if they do fail, it's going to be like, oh, Aaron, I thought it was going to get better from here on out. Exactly. But at the same time, I mean, the Packers were a 6-9-1 and one team. They were not a very good team last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron was hurt, however. Um, so I do think that the edge kind of goes a little bit more to Minnesota. I mean, they got the fully guaranteed contract. As long as Kirk Cousins is on the team, that's a cloud that's going to hang over their head. Is it also because, and I'm saying this as a Viking fan, but I'm asking you as a Bears fan, mm-hmm. is it because the real threat to the Bears this year in the NFC North, if there is one, is the Vikings and not the Packers? Well, I don't know if, I w- if I'm truly willing to count out the Packers as an, as an actual threat, mm-hmm. but if I'm going to put my money on someone to knock the Bears out of the it- – Division, yeah, it, it's going to be the Vikings, um, and certainly they were supposed to be the division winner last year and supposed to make the mm-hmm. playoffs last year, and they didn't. So, but that's also to to go back and forth on this. That makes me feel well. The pressure was on Minnesota last year. The pressure is not necessarily on Minnesota this year. Mm-hmm. You could easily argue if the pressure is on anybody in the NFC North, it should be the Chicago Bears, right? They over because they over succeeded. Yeah, they or? they kind of overperformed last That's year. That's what I was looking for. Um, you know, they arguably probably shouldn't have been a twelve win team. Mm-hmm. Um, although you can also flip the other side that with special teams, all of a sudden they're probably a fourteen win team. But I think there's going to be some pressure there. By the way, Brandon mm-hmm. very upset um, at the Bears trading for the Raiders kicker. For a conditional seventh round pick in twenty twenty one, he felt like you didn't bring in a real kicker in his mind. It doesn't matter. It's a <laughs> conditional twenty twenty one seventh rounder. Mm-hmm. That's basically not even a yeah, pick. It's nothing. Uh, but anyways, so I actually don't really think there's a ton of pressure on either mm-hmm. of these three uh, NFC North teams. There okay. is pressure, but I don't think it's like a huge amount. Yeah, I mean, the the only reason why I maybe think the Vikings is because it's hitting close to home with me. Um, but the one thing I will say early on, and I know we're going to dissect mm-hmm. this like at nauseum this summer. Sure. I'm looking at the Bears' opening schedule. Besides maybe like Green Bay at home, like Green Bay, but you get them at home. Minnesota, you get them at home. Besides that, Denver. Washington, who could yeah, Washington but, could have a rookie Denver's quarterback Fangio, out there, though. Yeah, like that's going to be a good good mm. game because it's Fangio going up against. But I still don't think it depends on what we see from Joe Flacco. But like I look at Green Bay at home, then Denver, Washington. Yeah, they're on the road, but Denver, Washington, Minnesota at home, and then Oakland and London. I think the Bears could start out five and zero next year. Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. I mean, then they're going to have some yeah, tough games after. Tough. Then it gets real tough. You got to win those first five is basically what I'm saying. Who's another team that you think is under a lot of pressure this so, year? So I'm going to go in a direction not because of the team, mm-hmm. but because of the coach and the GM, and that's okay. the Oakland Raiders. All right. Uh, they are about to leave Oakland after this mm-hmm. season and go to Las Vegas. You leave can't go Las to Vegas. Vegas being a bad team mm-hmm. still. Being a team where it doesn't matter because of the... You can't be a top five pick in the draft. Right. Because of the 10-year deal uh, with a stake in the team, because of going and getting TV personality mm-hmm. Mike Mayock to be your GM, you can't continue to... Are, because of those things, you're going to be highly criticized and highly... You know, you're looked at under a huge microscope. Mm-hmm. You can't continue to be bad. And if you continue to be bad, 
that is a lot of pressure to me because this is a team that has to turn something around or can and they're not you, doing it because the draft is in Vegas next year. But I don't know. That's my thought. Are and Vegas fans going to be excited mm-hmm. if with the number one overall pick, the Raiders take blank? Maybe if they don't realize the fact that they have the number one overall pick because their team is bad. Exactly. Like, And that's mm-hmm. the thing where it's like, it, if you're getting a star player like that, do you still be excited? Or is it like, no, I want a good team. I want a yeah. team that's going to be here and going to blow the doors off. And I really wonder about it, too, because because they have had such a big struggle uh, for a very long time now. Mm-hmm. And because John Gruden has not, I know they gave him a 10-year deal, but he has not turned the team around yet. Mayock came in here and they still made some questionable draft choices. Uh, does a team from a management and owner type of perspective mm-hmm. say, maybe when we move to a new town, we just get a fresh start and we start over? Mm-hmm. Does that happen? Probably not. But if this team has a terrible season, they go 3-13, and 13, I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility that they say, wow, we made a really big mistake. We mm-hmm. need to correct this right now. So the thing I'm going to throw out there is the last team to kind of do this was the L.A. Rams. Um, and the thing that I want to note, though, is so Oakland this year was 4-12. and 12. Yep. The year that the Rams moved from St. Louis – they were a seven and nine team, and Todd Gurley was the offensive rookie of the year that year. Like that yeah. wasn't a bad team, um, although they finished third in the NFC West that year. Then twenty sixteen, their first year in LA, they were four and twelve. But right after that, I know they got McVay after that, but right after that season, second year in LA, eleven and five playoff team. Third year in LA, thirteen and three Super Bowl. Yeah. They were in the Super Bowl. They didn't win it, but they were in the Super Bowl. But that's also because that team got kind of like a boost in the arm with Sean McVay, with the additions that they made with McVay. Do the Raiders, I'll ask you this, do the Raiders have to do the same thing? Can they have maybe one bad season to start in Vegas, but that second year you better be coming to play. You better be making well, the playoffs. I mean, if we follow this method, then this is John Gruden's fifth year. and mm-hmm. The team is still bad. After five years of this coach who was supposed to turn things around, who's a Super Bowl winning coach, mm-hmm. then yeah, that's a big issue. You need you can't just say, well, he's got like ten years, so let's just mm-hmm. let him have it. Uh, you have to make a change eventually. I'm gonna put I'm gonna go the other division on you or the other conference on you. Okay, and this is a team that is in a division with one team that has their quarterback. But he's been injured, who um, they just accepted the fifth-year option on. And two teams who just drafted their heir apparents or supposed heir apparents in the 2019 NFL draft. To me, the Dallas Cowboys, not the most pressure, but Dallas is under some pressure this year. And the reason why I say that is Dallas, yes, they were 10-6, and six, Last year, yes, they made the playoffs. They need to be serious players in the playoffs, in my mind. They need to be a Super Bowl contending team, in my mind, because with this Dallas team, and I know getting Jason Witten back, although he's old, might help Dak Prescott because Dak Prescott could say safety blanket back. Um, but this is a team, the Eagles should be better with a healthy Carson Wentz. Plus, with Jordan Howard, there you go. Like, 
the thing that Eagle fans are saying is that the Bears just handed the Eagles the NFC East by giving them Jordan Howard, by giving them a consistent running back that could work mm-hmm. in their system. That's what Eagle fans are thinking right now. Kind of thought the same thing with JHI, though. Exactly. But, yeah. I mean, looking at the future for the other two teams, Dwayne Haskins looks like we really like that pick for the Redskins. Yeah. And let's say Daniel Jones does hit. The Giants have their future quarterback as well. Whereas the Cowboys after this year, let's say they have another year like they did last year, where, yes, you make the playoffs, but you go ahead and lose in the playoffs. Dak Prescott is going to be up for a contract this offseason. What do you do? This is a team that, to me, needs to have a Super Bowl contending year, even if they lose like the Saints, well, not exactly like the Saints, but if they lose in the NFC Championship game, Mm -hmm. that, to me, is the least that they have to do in order to justify, in my mind, giving Dak a big contract. Because if this team doesn't make the playoffs or is a wildcard team and gets bounced in the first round, if they give Dak big money, I know it's like, oh, wait, Dak is a good quarterback, but you can't give them huge money if this is going to be a team that always— gets into the playoffs or wins the division because another team is injured and then loses in the playoffs. Yeah, and and I definitely think a lot of the pressure is going to come on on to Dak Prescott because this kind of is his opportunity to prove himself. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's done really good things as a quarterback. He hasn't really necessarily proven that he is an elite quarterback uh, to go back and use that verbiage, but this is kind of his opportunity to do that. Uh, He needs to show that he can really be the leader of this team, that he mm-hmm. can be the post-Tony uh, Romo quarterback. But the good thing is, if you're going to be anywhere to do this, I would say that Dallas Cowboys are a good place to be because they are a team that is mm-hmm. loyal to a fault yeah. to Jerry whatever quarterback they want. Jerry Jones is loyal to a fault. But the thing also that I think about is the big thing in 2017 when they went 9-7 and seven was, oh, well, Ezekiel Elliott missed so many games. We lost three of those games because Zeke wasn't out there. We should have really been like a 12-win team compared to a 9-win team. Last year, you had Zeke the whole entire year, and you only won one more game? Only one? From 9 to 10, Mm -hmm. that's the only thing you increase? So, like, to me, that's why this season is so important for the Cowboys because the Eagles, they're going to be a team that competes. And it's kind of like, to use a Game of Thrones reference, the Redskins and the Giants could be like the uh, the Night King. They're not here yet, but they're coming. They might be coming if their quarterbacks hit. And are you going to be ready for it when they do come? And this division potentially gets really tough. Yeah, and you kind of need it. You can't be the team that... Uh, that kind of missed on the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Not that they drafted Dak Prescott high because they didn't, but they moved on from Tony Romo mm-hmm. uh, to really, com, you know, commit to Dak Prescott. You can't have you can't be the team that missed on it. Question: I'm going to throw out to you, kind of linking in the last topic with this topic. Mm-hmm. Let's say the Cowboys have a catastrophic season, and they are in top five in the range to take a quarterback. Do they take a quarterback if they're top five in the 2020 draft, or do they stay with Dak Prescott? Because it's the Dallas Cowboys, they I think they'll stay with Dak Prescott. What would you do? 
If Dak has a really bad year? If, let's say, just the team has a bad year. They're a top five pick in the draft. Well, it doesn't, it, it depends on how Dak Prescott does. If let's he, say if he, he did, puts up another 3,800 yards. Good, but good, not great. Good, not great year. If he does what he, if he gives me a 2016 or a mm-hmm. 2018, I would keep him. Okay. If he gives me a 2017, which is his worst year, mm-hmm. then I would probably move on. The okay. big saving grace for Dak Prescott to me, he does not throw interceptions. Mm-hmm. Doesn't turn over the ball. That's a big thing. Yeah. Um, any other teams that you think are under a bit of pressure this year? Uh, and my only other team I want to really mention for it. Uh, and it should be a really obvious one. It's a team that was a play away and then a play away. It's the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The yeah. Saints. That's the only other team that I really mm-hmm. think truly has a lot of pressure because it's a you keep just missing. Well, but last year's wasn't just like like two years ago, the Minnesota Miracle. That they that was, could, a, that was that, a brain fart. That they could blame on their self. Like that mm-hmm. was our fault. Yeah. Whereas last year... They got that stolen from them, taken away from them, yeah. where even the cornerback who made the play was like, dude, I thought I was going to get flagged all day, and I was happy I didn't, though, Yeah, because we go into the Super Bowl. We're going to the Super Bowl, and you know what we're going to do there? <laughs> we're going to lose. Score three points. Yeah, we're going to lay an egg in the Super Bowl. We got we got Sean McVay three points in the Super Bowl, but like that's the reason. It's, mm-hmm. I, I say the reason why the Saints are under pressure, probably not the most pressure, but under pressure— is how much, and St. fans don't get mad at me for how I verbed this, but for how much they bitched after that call. And I'll, I'll to make it better, mm-hmm. rightfully bitched. Yeah, I'm not saying it's Yeah, they were justified bitched, to bitch. But because of how much they bitched after that call, that's why there's a little bit of pressure of like, okay, if that call's not made, all right, show me this season. And I know if something like that happens again, boom, it takes all the... Like, it's not our fault thing, but especially if they do make the Super Bowl. If this team makes the Super Bowl this year, they better win it. Because if they lose in the Super Bowl and it's not off of a fluke call because usually the refs swallow the whistle in the Super Bowls and in the championship games, if you lose in the Super Bowl, let's say it's like the Tom Brady, I'm sitting there and going, you know what? Like, maybe you didn't deserve to be there that year. I'm not saying they didn't, so don't get mad at me, but... That's why I would say they're under at least a little pressure this year because of last year. Yeah, I I totally agree with that. Plus, you just got to add in the fact that the question, how much longer does Drew Brees have? Mm -hmm. And this is a team that's got a lot of really talented young players. Eventually, they start going off and doing their own thing in other teams. Last thing I'm going to ask you, kind of a wild card type of question. And so there are going to be three quarterbacks. And yes, they're all... Different situations, but which one of these quarterbacks is under the most pressure this year? All right. Jameis Winston. Actually, Mm -hmm. I think four. So Jameis Winston, Nick Foles, Joe Flacco, or Josh Rosen? Jameis Winston, because he's the only one who I truly believe will probably lose his job this year if he doesn't do well. All the other quarterbacks, if they don't do well, I think they'll still come back next year. Virtually, see, I'm on the other side. Like, Mm. if John, like, to me, everyone except Nick Foles. Like, Nick Foles, if he does bad, he comes back next year. I threw him in there just because of what the Jaguars have had to deal with. Um, And is he going to be the savior? But, like, if Josh Rosen doesn't do well, do the Dolphins draft a quarterback? 
if Joe Flacco doesn't do well, how soon do we see Drew Locke? And then if Jameis Winston doesn't do well, do the well, Buccaneers move on from I him? I guess with the Joe Flacco thing, it's not necessarily that I think he's not going to lose his job. I think Joe Flacco knows his role is probably the better way to Plus Vic Fangio. Now. Like, like Vic Fangio likes him, the mm-hmm. offensive coordinator that they have that I keep yeah. screwing up his last I, name. I don't think that, him. that Joe Flacco is under any delusion mm-hmm. that he's going to hang on to this job for very long. Yeah. Whereas, like, the I, I agree Jameis Winston would probably be the most pressure, only because, hey, we brought in a coach that is vying for you and saying he can work with you. Yeah. If you don't make it work this year, then something's got to change. Yep. Something has to change. Um, and it's also funny to me still that both the top two quarterbacks from that year, neither of them could get one over the other. Mario does this basically because of injury. But, like, neither one can get really an edge over the other one for who's the better in that class. But this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you guys think. Who is, first off, who's the team in the NFL that's under the most pressure this year? And then what are some other teams that you think might be feeling a little bit of pressure in 2019? Let us know what you think down below in the comment section. And, Mark, we're going to close the podcast talking a little bit about the XFL. Before we do, make sure to check out patreon.com backslash mostvel podcast. Help us out. Bronze level, you get access to our MVP Discord. Can talk to the MVP guys anytime, any Tell us what's day. up. It's really 24-hour, like 24-7 access. Yeah. Um, well, really not that because i got to sleep. Um, but it's one of the only times you get 24 24- seven access to the MVP crew. Um, Silver membership, you can vote on podcast topics for us to talk about, and then the gold membership, you can join podcasts and talk about exactly what you would like to talk about. But, Mark, let's close things out. The XFL, kind of in the news this week, because they, on Monday, announced a multi-year agreement with not just ESPN, but Fox Sports to televise their games starting in the first 2020 season. XFL games will air weekly on broadcast TV, ABC and Fox, complemented by games on cable, ESPN, ESPN2, FS1, FS2. The XFL's TV schedule will feature back-to-back games each Saturday at 2 p.m. and two games on Sunday afternoons. So the thing I want to ask you is kind of a very easy question. It's not necessarily about the TV contract. It's more about the XFL in a whole, because I don't Mm -hmm. think we've talked about the XFL since Mr. Vince McMahon said that it was coming back. And I'm like, I'm looking at it going, it kind of looks like a real logo. That's not the XFL I remember. Where's the big black ball that I hated playing with out in the backyard? Because it's like, I can't get my hand around this monstrosity. Is this new XFL going to be a success? Or is it going to be another failure? Well, they're certainly set up better, is what I'll say, Mm -hmm. than the Alliance was. The Alliance was kind of trying to do their own thing. For a while, they had this app they were going to do. Uh, They were going to try and not, like, just kind of be streamed with no advertisers, Mm -hmm. like was the original plan. It didn't work. Yeah. It didn't work. Uh, We all know it didn't work. It wasn't making money. We all know they failed, um, mm-hmm. and and that's the thing about a sports league like this. You have to assume you're going to lose money for, I'm going to say, a few years mm-hmm. um, because of the upfront costs, and that's really any business. You ask any business owner you know, how long did it take for them to start cashing paychecks? 
it takes a little while. So with that being said, um, I think we kind of expect it with with the XFL um, that they're going to be in rough shape as well. Mm -hmm. But they are set up better because Vince McMahon already has, you know, his connections to TV. And the Alliance had their connections to the NFL. Mm -hmm. And they were hoping the NFL is going to embrace us and that will keep us afloat. Mm-hmm. What the XFL is saying, or Vince is saying, I got money. I can keep us afloat until this thing becomes successful. Mm-hmm. The thing that I really just question, and what the Alliance proved to me, I've said it on the podcast multiple times, it proved to me that the talent level just isn't there. Yeah. When you get out of the NFL, the talent just is not there to keep it that interesting for anyone who's not going to be a diehard fan. The person who went onto the Alliance's subreddit and said, I am a fan of this team and I will be a fan of that team. I am going and buying shirts right now. Uh, that person is still an Alliance fan because mm-hmm. they decided they would be. The average person is not going to care. They'll tune in week one, maybe week two. Eventually, they're going to kind of fizzle out, I think, the way that the Alliance fizzled out, the way the original XFL fizzled out, the way arena football fizzled out, Mm -hmm. the way everything USFL fizzles out. Everything fizzles out because when it comes down to it, the reason why the NFL is so damn successful because it's been there forever. It's been there for a 100 years. Well, and I mean – the thing that I kind of compare it to is, first off, the thing that I like about the XFL, and I like this about the AF, a, the AAF um, as well, but they were trying to be like the minor league of the NFL, so it didn't quite work. The XFL, uh-huh. I feel like, is trying to be its own thing. Which I think would make it not work even more. Well, the thing that I – like, the thing that makes me feel like you've got a fighting chance is you're not trying to compete. With the NFL. The schedule right now, as I am looking at it, week one is going to start February 8th, which I feel like might be the week after or the week before the Super Bowl, if I'm not mistaken. Probably right after. So I'm assuming like right after the Super Bowl, here's the XFL on Fox and ESPN. And it only runs until April 26th. So a similar schedule, similar, a Mm -hmm. little bit longer, I want to say, than the Alliance it's going to be a full 10-week season. Then we have, so basically a 10-week season with the last two weeks, 9 and 10, having games on Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. So you first eight weeks are just two on Saturday, two on Sunday. Then they're going to have one on Thursday, one on Saturday, two on Sunday for the last two weeks of the season, weeks 9 and weeks 10. Then the playoffs will be two playoff games, one on Saturday, one on uh, Sunday, being the next Sunday, April 26th. The championship game will be on ESPN. If we make it there, remember that. Um, but the thing I think back to is the AFL. the a- Not the AFL. I'm thinking the USFL. Yeah. The USFL was successful because, A, it didn't compete with the NFL at first. And number two, it had names. That is the thing that is going to help the NFL. It had names. Herschel Walker was a running back. I think he played, what, for the Generals in the USFL? They had guys like, I think, Jim Kelly was in the USFL. Um, 
um, this is a little bit before I was like a little bit like I was really young when the USFL was a thing, but it didn't fail until Donald Trump said, hey, let's try to compete with the NFL. And they basically got swatted and squashed yep. like a bug. If the XFL stays off of the NFL's turf, they get some big names like they have to get names that are going to draw people in. They have a fighting chance for this to be successful in but my mind. why would anybody decide to go play for the XFL instead of the NFL? And that, to me, is where the contracts are going to be. Like, that, to me, is the most crucial part uh-huh. to this. Because, A, I've heard that the money is not going to be as lucrative. Like, contracts are not going to be as they lucrative possibly. to yeah. the NFL Here's the other thing that I just want to throw out there mm-hmm. that I wonder because I haven't read anything about the contracts in the XFL this for this uh, new version of it 2.0. Um, if anyone else has heard differently, please point me in the direction of an article that does because I can't find one. The thing that I will find interesting is will the contracts be actual contracts and these players will be actual employees or will it be similar to what we're seeing with WWE, where those wrestlers are not actual employees, they are contracted workers. Mm-hmm. Because if the XFL goes that route, then I don't think it ha- like it doesn't have a success rate in my future. Because why would I go to the XFL to be a contracted worker and not an employee? I'll just try to be in the NFL where I'm yeah. an employee. Well, I mean. There's a lot of those type of employee, you know, type of things mm-hmm. or human relations kind of things. NFL has a has a stronger, well, a Players strong union. union. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I was going to say stronger, but we have no idea if the XFL will have one or not. Yeah. I'm going to imagine Vince McMahon has wants nothing to do with a union. Yeah, because um, like the WWE doesn't have a union for wrestlers. Yeah, uh, and they've been around for a really long time. Uh-huh. The other thing, when the USFL competed with the NFL. Uh, kind of, or I should say lasted in the same realm. Mm-hmm. It was the 80s. Those yeah. contracts were much, much smaller. Uh, any player who thinks they will be good wants to play in the NFL because of the money. The thing I think the XFL could do well if they say, we'll do better on your health insurance or something like that, mm-hmm. then you might get some of those kind of mid-tier players to say, you know what, maybe I go play over here because I'm going to get hit a lot. This CTE thing kind of scares me, uh, and at least these guys are going to help me pay for my medical bills uh, in a better way mm-hmm. than the NFL could. The thing I'm looking at here is, so this is an article, um, jeffperlman.com, um, has the 25 best USFL players. The guys that I recognize from this list, mm-hmm. the first one down is number 12. Reggie White, and I'm going from 25 down. So Reggie White is one. Gary Anderson is another. He's eight on this list. Jim Kelly is at five. Herschel Walker is at three. What, three of the 25 are who I recognize. And maybe people will go, well, Ricky, you're too young um, for the USFL. That's why you only know those few names. But it's like, to me, it was, that's the thing for the XFL. Like, for example, I saw an article where apparently Oliver Luck, who's the commissioner of the XFL, that to me is another thing I think is a step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Vince McMahon is not the commissioner of the XFL. He has a guy in place like Oliver Luck, and I don't really know if, uh, like, I don't know off the top of my head if Oliver Luck 
has the right credentials. I know he's a football guy, and that's at least a step in the right direction. Um, but that's what I like a little bit, is that you actually have a football guy as the commissioner of this league and not Vince McMahon. It's not a wrestling guy trying to run a football league. It's a wrestling guy owning it, and, yeah. hey, I'm going to let you run it because you're a football guy and you know what football league should be like. Yeah, and I think there should be a part of that. But you know what? The Alliance had football guys yeah, they all had, over it. Uh, what? Polian? Yeah, and, and, it didn't, guy? and it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter really when it comes down to it. The big question for me, and you know, I remember this came up in our group chat with, with mm-hmm. Sean where he was trying to say that the Alliance didn't have a – he was saying didn't have a business plan, but I think what he meant was mm-hmm. didn't have a good enough business plan um, mm-hmm. because no one's going to go into business without one. Yeah. Uh, and Vince McMahon had a proven track record as this kind of entertainer mm-hmm. um, or setting up entertainers. And that's why the XFL well, was what it was before. Exactly. Uh, and he's trying to kind of rein himself in a little bit. But the thing I sit here and say, Vince McMahon is an old guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's an old guy who has a lot of money. How much money is he really going to be willing to lose mm-hmm. is my question. Because for a fact, he will lose money on this league. It's yeah. a guarantee money will be lost for at least two full seasons. So with that being said, how much does he want to lose? And the other part is, like I said, and I don't know how old he is. Someone can let me know or I can just Google it. Vince. Because, uh, yeah. How old is Vince? I'll look it up while you talk. So Vince McMahon's an old guy. How <laughs> Does he want to have towards the end of his life? Uh, I'm assuming he's like he's like 70 or something like that, isn't he? Uh, Close. What is he like? 69. 73. 73. Oh, I was going to go the other way. Yeah, he's going to be. He, he turned 74 on August 24th. So he will be 74 years old before this season gets going. Mm-hmm. Uh, this first season of the new XFL. Yep. Towards the end of his life, when he's thinking about his legacy, does he really want one of the last things he do he does to be a failure? I don't think he cares. If he if he's dead, he doesn't give a shit. I a guy like that who makes that much money, whose name is that well known, he cares about his legacy. Well, and the thing to me is, oh, of course, it's a video. Um, so I watched a video today of Oliver Luck was on. Um, Golik and Wingo. Uh-huh. And they basically asked him about the league, like, how much is Vince invested in this? And Oliver, I, I don't know if this is just him talking or if this I is... I mean, he's not going to be like, oh, Vince doesn't give a shit. Like, from what he was saying, he kind of made it sound like the game plan is, like, they have a three-year business plan. Like, Vince yeah. for sure knows that it might not be successful year one, it might not even be successful year two, but by year three, that's when we really start having to make money. And here's the thing that we didn't bring up that Mm -hmm. I'm going to throw out there that I remember Vince McMahon saying when he announced this league, and I don't know if it's enough to make more people interested, but remember what he said at that first announcement. Everything that we are hating about the NFL – the, like, the hits just aren't the same as they used to be. The game ain't the same as it used to be. Yeah. the X, He's making it sound like the XFL is not going to be like that. Now, well, he, he Didn't he say the, the pledge thing? Like, we're going to stand for the the national anthem. Basically. Wasn't he the guy who said that? I Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I just remember it It seemed like when he announced it, like, the th- he was really harping on 
the things that we don't like with the NFL right now and well, yeah. how the game is getting soft, some people would say, mm-hmm. I look at it and go, oh, well, players don't want to die before they're yeah. 30. I mean, it's it's, um, just, it's a very political thing of what don't you like? Oh, you don't like that? We're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm against the things that you hate and I'm against the things you hate, too. Uh, that's what Vince oh, wait, McMahon is trying hate, to do. You like the things that he likes, but I said, well, I'm in a, Vince, I'm in a circle. Vince McMahon <laughs> is doing exactly that. Is mm-hmm. He is just saying whatever you don't like about the NFL, I guarantee you won't have it here. Yeah. But here's the thing that they're missing. And here's the thing why nobody cared about the alliance. Mm-hmm. What was the alliance? Is it a big issue with their play? There was two good quarterbacks in that whole league mm-hmm. of eight teams. There were two good quarterbacks. Two good quarterbacks that will not be able to be NFL caliber quarterbacks, most likely. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we'll have Kurt Warner-like surprise. But yeah. the XFL is going to run into the same problem. The good players from the alliance have already kind of gotten picked off, and they're in the NFL now. Mm-hmm. The XFL will still fall from the same issue of they will not have good enough talent. You might have hard hits, mm-hmm. but the players just won't be good enough for me to care and me to be interested in it. Yeah, and that kind of circles back to the point that I made. Until they get a name, like, are they going to bank on a Tim Tebow? Are they going to bank on a Johnny Manziel? But yet again... Tim Tebow's old. It, well, not just that. It's one mm-hmm. of these things where I look at it and I go, but you're still getting guys that are... Out of the NFL. Like, the thing with Herschel Walker, and I believe this was true in the USFL. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. He could have played. Like, he didn't want to play in the NFL right away. He wanted to play in the USFL. Kelly chose Mm -hmm. to play in the USFL. He made that choice. He picked this over it. And I don't know if you get... you. I don't know if you get that the in league's this just, day and age. They won't be comparable. Mm-hmm. There's not going to be a single first-round pick that's going to say, I'll pass up on the millions of dollars to go get about, I don't know, 600000 mm-hmm. if I'm lucky. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. I want to say that I heard that the starting, the salary for a starting quarterback on one of their teams uh-huh. is like the same as almost a third stringer on an NFL team. Um, so it's like, okay, I can go to the XFL and basically be a third stringer that's starting. Yeah. And some players might care about starting more than anything, mm-hmm. but I still think when it comes down and to Tim it, Tebow's these guys want to get Yeah, these guys want to get paid. Mm-hmm. Here's the last question I'll ask you mm-hmm. is when it comes to the XFL and fuck, I just forgot my question. Um, basically the thing I'm going to ask yeah. To end it, as I'm trying, have you ever forgotten a question and you're like, "Great, I have to remember it on the spot." What were you talking about before we um, last thing? You Talent. Said. Talent's just not there, and people are going to want to get the bigger paychecks in the mm-hmm. NFL. Yeah, I completely forgot what I was going to ask, so I'm just going to end the segment. Um, Talent's not oh, there. I hate Talent's this. just not there. It's basically, mm-hmm. do you think that the? Oh, that was it. All Bingo. Right. The coaches, though, they've got like yeah. Mark Trustman and Bob Stoops. Is that going to matter? You're going to try and convince me that Mark Trustman no, no, no. is more, a good quarterback? More so or Bob coach? Stoops, because Stoops was the guy uh-huh. who made a name at Oklahoma. Now he's sure. going to be the the thing that's interesting, not just the coach, they're the GM also. But here's the thing, which is a terrible idea. <laughs> Ask Chip Kelly how bad of an idea I mean, that Bill is. Bill Belichick's doing uh, it. Bill Belichick is the one and only <laughs> who has done it successfully. Anybody mm-hmm. else fails. Uh, here's the thing. I don't care how good that coach is if he still doesn't have good players. True. And once again, I'm going to come back to it. 
Mark Trestman might be like a, a example of a guy who failed and, and maybe would stay with the XFL. Mm-hmm. But if anybody is a good coach in the XFL and has an offer to come to the NFL, they will take, take it, it in a heartbeat. Exactly. And that's a thing where I'll be completely honest. I would love a second foot. Like I would love a second I just want minor league, league football. Like that. I would love a successful second football like season that is in the NFL offseason, but I don't want it to be like the AAF or the Alliance. I watched week one, week two, and then I was like, all right, I'll keep track of Memphis because I decided I'm going to be a That's fan our of team. Um, hey, we got to see their best season ever, so yeah, we it was did a pretty the best damn good year time. Of the Memphis Express, um, even though I kind of wish I was an Apollo fan. Um, but because they were really good. Um, but the doesn't thing matter. Is, one like, is many. One exactly the same amount of championships as the as the Express did. I just I want this uh-huh. to be successful. I'm just not super positive that it's going to be successful. I, I but think the thing that I know mm-hmm. is it's not going to fold year one like the AAF yeah. did because Vince will throw money at it, especially in year one. I do believe that it will make it to a second season. We will get a championship game. What well, we got one last time. We had no, a I'm champion. saying the the alliance. We didn't no, get I know. our championship I'm saying game. with the XFL, we yeah. got a championship last time. No reason why we can't get another one, but it's just when it comes remember, down to it. I remember just the don't kickoffs in that game? Yeah, they were ridiculous. It wasn't a kickoff. It was we're putting the ball at center field, and it's basically a 40-yard dash for the ball. It's kind of a, uh, you want to die? This is how you die. <laughs> but did you die? <laughs> but this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you think down below in that comment section. Make sure to... Hit us up on patreon.com backslash most of podcast. You can get tons of rewards at the bronze, silver, and gold tier by also helping us out, making sure we can get a new studio this year. That would be dope um, because this box is small and we really don't have a lot of space to do anything. Um, like I would love to have a table where it's like Mark and I are on the same side of it looking at the camera compared to like at ourselves and then I have to turn at a weird angle. Um, but patreon.com backslash most of podcast. Also rate us on iTunes and Apple podcasts. Five star ratings really go far. We love reading those reviews. Get us into the ears of more people, please. It, we only do so with your help. Um, also make sure to let us know what you're thinking about anything we talked about today, especially if you're listening on podcast services around the world, as you listen to the podcast in its full glory, But if you're on YouTube, thank you guys for watching. If you're on podcast services, thank you also. And as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.